Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. Psalm 91 verse 1 to 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Father, help us realize what those words mean. We don't want just religious reading of Your Word, but we want a relational uh, thing going on. Our hearts are just open. Open for a revelation of the more of the person of Jesus Christ, not just trying to understand what He's done, but really to understand what He has in store for us. Thank you, Lord God, that your protection is real in this season, in this hour, in this time, in this place of our lives. I pray that each and every person is blessed with alertness, that they're awake to what's going on, they're sober minded. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Go ahead, you may sit down. As uh, Ibo was saying a while ago, we were out for about two weeks. And, uh, you know, two Sundays we were out, just a little less than two weeks. But uh, it kind of felt long because uh, we, miss, we miss our home. And uh, we had this wonderful uh, privilege in going to Malaysia. Um, almost every year we go to Malaysia, Jesus Fest. In fact, Malaysia is almost like a second home to us because of our relationship with Pastor. Uh, I was going to follow what Ibu said. Pastor Dr. Albert, uh, Isaac Reverend, Bishop, you know, uh, Pastor Albert, you know, who's going to be here next week. So I'm sure you'll hear more about that. But we had a wonderful time in, in Jesus Fest, Malaysia. Now, let me tell you this, that we've been going in and out of Malaysia for a while just you know, uh, fellowshipping with them, uh, um, you know, seeing how that church is growing and now going through the process of them being part of the New Life family. But on a bigger scale, more than just what's going on in the church, something that God is doing in Malaysia. I don't know if you've been aware of the changes that's happening there. And I believe that is a direct result of, of seeing the churches there come together for Jesus and lift up Jesus in that place and believe me something is changing in the atmosphere and even even the people there are excited for what's going to happen next and uh, moving from Malaysia we went to Nepal there we were we were able to minister at the a Bible school that we helped support to a certain degree Dunamis uh, uh, Bible school there with uh, sister Tony Haskell and uh, also visited the new life uh, church that we have there, Kathmandu. I don't know if you guys are aware that we have a church there, but, but it's a very different situation with Malaysia. Malaysia is a, a developing nation, really wonderful facilities and uh, all of that. But Nepal is like, uh, you know, it's, it's, you'd be glad for some of the things that you have here. And, uh, but there's something, there's something that God is brewing in that nation as well. And we are glad as New Life the Fort, I'm just giving you news of what you're a part of because it helps you understand that the, the, your giving and your prayers, it's not just for us. It's not just for this family. Our family is much bigger. And uh, don't be surprised if there will be people in heaven when you get there saying thank you to you because of your support, because of your help. Guess what? You're doing that right now. But... Um, I'm sure one of these days we'll, we'll return. I don't know who, who might be interested in going to Nepal one of these days. Awesome. Some of you is like, what's that? What's, what's, where's Nepal? <laughs> to tell you frankly, I was telling Pastor Mitch, I've never really thought in my life that I'd be, that's one of, one of the places that I'd be going to. The place where Dr. Strange was, was trained. <laughs> right? But that's, that's what it's famous for now. But really, wonderful, wonderful people. And, uh, you know, very, very humble people. They greet you all the time, you know. And they, they, they put their hands together. And they greet you. And uh, one thing that's very interesting, I think we can learn from this, because I know we have our comforts, your chair, and the air con, and whatever. But when we were there, we were there for, for more than seven, seven days, right? Seven days. And for five 
five days, we were teaching at the Bible school five hours a day between Pastor Mitch and I. And we were stretched, okay? It was, it was a good stretch. And we didn't think we could do it. But this, we, we would study and all of that because, uh, of course, you know, uh, teaching for five hours is not a, it's not a joke. But so, something we noticed that uh, they gave them, themselves with abandon during worship. Now, it was a small space, and uh, like I said, thank God we have aircon, whatever. They have aircon, but at, at least at that time, it was not working. And uh, the windows were closed. We had to shut it down because during worship, they don't like the sound. That's, you know, a lot of people, people were complaining that, uh, you know, it's not a Christian nation. So they're very loud about singing Jesus songs and whatever, and some people do not like that. And so we had to keep the windows closed. The aircon was not functioning. But, you know, uh, if it were another place, people would be complaining. But they, they didn't care. They were just jumping and they were, everyone was sweating. You come into the room, you're not even sweating. But the moment you enter there, you feel like, and you're just, you're just, sucked into this energy of just worshiping and people and worship and they're jumping not because they're all young some of them are different ages but they're they're happy they're worshiping god maybe something to do with with having been in a place for i don't know how long and they're worshiping uh, some of the religions there they have like 300 million gods but suddenly they find this one true god that that says you don't have to do all these things. It's a very religious place. Almost every corner, there's an area where a God is being worshipped. And you see that all over the place. It's not just, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be a temple. There's just one, one shrine there or whatever, and people, people worship. But when they find the one who said, neither in this temple nor in that mountain shall you worship, but those who worship God will worship Him in spirit, and in truth, it, it does something to you. Why don't we just bow our heads for a bit? I, want you, I just want to pray for Nepal and Malaysia right now. Father, you know, as a body of Christ right here, we take this opportunity to come together in prayer. We just, we just continue to pray out your will for these nations, for Malaysia, for Nepal. Let your light shine. Let your glory be seen. Like you said in your word, uh, that your glory, the, the world will know of your glory as the waters cover the sea. Let it be known. Let the gospel be freely preached there, that people will be set free. I thank you, Lord God, that you will, you will follow the preaching of your word with signs and wonders. And we pray that not only there, but even here in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Man, you know, one of the things as we get into the word, one of the things that uh, Pastor Raju was telling us is that, uh, you know, the, there was a time that the, the government was getting really strict and uh, the church was being persecuted to a certain degree. And what we really need to understand is that, uh, you know, because here in the Philippines we're kind of free, but there are really places where the persecution is tight. And when, when that happens, listen, there's no persecution that stopped the church from growing. There's nowhere in history that because of persecution, the church stopped growing. In fact, despite of the persecution, it continued to grow, right? Because God is able to protect His people. Somebody say protect. Protect His people. And that's what we want to talk about. In fact, right after we came back, we were thinking, you know, of course, we're going to preach Sunday. And we're thinking about, okay, there's so much stuff that came out on on, on our trips, you know, we could just literally choose from any of those and deliver that as a message. But we want the message that is for now and it's beneficial for all of you. So we were considering and all of that. And this, this word just came out, just protection, protection again and again. It, you know, several times it, it kind of popped up in my spirit. So I say, said to Pastor Mitch, you know, maybe it's this, it's protection. And then, and then a day after, or a few days after, uh, she, she received a message uh, uh, before, before, but you showed me after, right? And so she showed me this message, which kind of, you know, was also given very recent before June came in. Um, uh, somebody had a vision about 
uh, people in the world, they are, we're, not, we're not unaware that there are, there are people in the world that are thinking to harm other people. Is this true? It's not, we're not trying to hide the fact that there are people there. In fact, you know, this guy who saw these things, he saw people already planning, uh, uh, planning things that will harm number of people in different areas. But what he saw after that kind of lines up with what we want to talk about today, which is God's full protection. You are fully protected. In this year of fullness, you are fully protected. We need to be aware as believers that God's hand is upon us, that He will protect us. In fact, this is the, this is the word that was given. Let me just share with you a little bit. It says here in the, the, the uh, maybe I'll cover more of this when, if you want to visit this uh, Friday when we pray, uh, we'll probably read more of this, but I'll read part of it. It says here, I will cover the people with my feathers and under my wings will they find protection. They will have no fear of this terror. Tell somebody, no fear of any terror. Nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that seeks to lay waste in cities. I, the Lord, will be their habitation. There will be no evil befall them. Neither will any plague come uh, near their dwelling, even your homes. And then listen to this. Suddenly I saw a mantle that looked as though someone of royalty would have worn it fall to the ground. I heard the Lord say, I'm offering this mantle to many in this hour, but who will carry it to the ends of the earth for my glory? I asked the Lord, what mantle is this? And I heard the Lord say, it's the mantle of abundant life. Somebody say abundant life. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. I could see the protection of God's hand come over regions and bioterror could not penetrate past the veil of the mantle. I saw churches that became distribution centers that released peace upon cities and regions. I want this for our church. And I believe it is a mantle from the Lord as I can still hear His voice saying, but who will carry this mantle for my glory? A couple of weeks back, maybe several, a couple of months back, in fact, uh, there was something that we released. And, and we say this again and again, not just you know, to sound spiritual or whatever, but I believe that the body of Christ, and certainly for this church, we have entered a season of prolonged victory. Who among you have heard that before? We say that because we want you to experience it. I don't want you just to memorize it. What's, what's the use of memorizing it without seeing it in your life, right? The declaration and demonstration, they line up together. And so we say that, and I believe that's, that's what he's saying. It's, it's, it's a mantle of abundant life. That God is saying, who wants to... You know, God is never going to force you. If you don't want it, He's not going to force you. You have to want it and believe it in order for you to experience it. Right? So we, we declare that, that there will be a prolonged victory. But... Make no mistake, the victory is for a purpose. God gives you something, blessing, whatever it is, for a reason. Not just so you can enjoy it. Yes, you want to enjoy it. I came to give you that you may have and enjoy life and have it to the full till it overflows. The overflow is the purpose. The purpose of overflow is for other people to experience. And I believe who among you are already experiencing uh, the beginnings of victory upon victory in your life. Amen. Right? For some people here, you will, be, uh, you will be surprised that you might be promoted several times in one year. And it doesn't make sense because it doesn't happen in your company. But somehow you're being promoted again and again. That's for a purpose and that's for a reason. And that's for you to be able to say at the end of it on a platform and say, you know what? This is what the Lord has done. Because if we look at your qualifications and whatever it is, it kind of doesn't match with your promotion. But somehow, God has favored you. And right men and women are favoring you. This is for God's purpose. And don't rest on the laurels or the, okay, you know, I can sit 
you know, sit pretty, do nothing because I'm already promoted. No, you will find yourself by the grace of God working more abundantly than they all. You will exceed even the qualifications that they say you need for that place, for that promotion. And so this protection is actually something that we see as a pattern in the, in the scriptures again and again. It's one of the pictures that God says, this is who I am. This is what I will do. He is our great protector. Let's look at some of the images that we see. God would say that he is our shield. I'm sure you can imagine, imagine what a shield is. Another word for shield, which is also used in the scripture, is a buckler. Or, he's a strong tower. I like this in particular. He's a fortress. What's a short, what's a short version of a fortress? A fort. Wow, that's why I like our name. He's the fort, right? He is our rock. You hide behind a rock. You make that your shield. Or you can use a rock as a, as a weapon as well, like Pastor Mitch said a while ago. He is, there's an idea of him being the captain of salvation. Like, you know, Captain America. Captain. He, he's a leader. He rallies people to him. And he is a bringer of salvation. Another idea of a horn of salvation. I don't know if you've watched movies with, you know, they would, some of them would use drums to rally people. Some of them would use horns. And every sound of a horn signifies something important. Either the battle has won, or let's go attack, or this group of people attack. He's a horn. There's a sound that has gone out. And the sound of salvation is reaching and covering the earth. Somebody can say amen to that. Amen. amen. In fact, another idea of, of, the, of another image of God is that he's a commander of the Lord, the hosts of God. Commander of all the angels. One time when Joshua was about to attack uh, Jericho, he meets a guy in the middle of the road with a sword drawn. And he asked, are you for us or are you against us? The guy said no. And then he realized it's God. It's realized it's the... Uh, pre-incarnate Jesus, and he finds his face on the ground, worshiping him. You've probably heard the term, um, vengeance is mine. Have you heard that? God is just saying that, you know what, you don't have to take vengeance on other people. I will be the one to do it. He will avenge you. So you can say that God is the first avenger. Since he is a captain of salvation, he... Another picture, we don't usually think of protection right away, but another image is a shepherd. A shepherd, of course, feeds and takes care of the sheep. But when wolves come or bear or like what, what happened to David, he was a shepherd. He protected the sheep from the lion and the bear. He is the one who confronts the things that will devour the flock. He's a shepherd. And uh, one interesting thing, just another image that I want to throw at you, is the image of a father. Even today, who among you are fathers in this place? Anybody? Raise your hand. Wave at me. Your father. Nothing to be sh uh, ashamed about. It's a good thing. Isn't it true? As a father, one of your greatest desires, or at least two of your greatest desires as a father, is to be able to provide. Is this true? If this is true, wave at me. Yes. You want to be able to provide for your family. And you also want to protect your family, right? Wave at me. Yeah. Two of the things. I'm sure, you know, you also help out in other areas. But two of the, the things that you are concerned about is that you want to be able to protect your family. You want to be able to provide for your family. We don't have to go far to discover where God said that. He, he had a conversation. He was having a conversation with, uh, with Abram. Abram, after a battle, you know, he wins and all of that gets his, the people back. And then God begins to speak to him and says, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, uh, Abraham has his vision, hears this voice, and he says, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. The word reward there is actually like salary or compensation. So it's provision. So you, right there and there, you see God saying, I'm your provision and I am your protection. And who was he talking to? Do you remember who he was talking to? Somebody say Abraham. 
That's right, Abraham, you guys are good. <coughs> he was speaking to Abraham. And Abraham later on becomes a father of many nations. But who was speaking to him first? He, the, the father was speaking to Abraham and teaching him what a father is like because he's going to be a father of many nations. And he's saying that in order for you to be a father, watch what I'm doing, watch who I am. I am provider and I am protector. And uh, when we're talking about protection as a body of Christ, we have certain, there are certain things that God has given to us. Like what Jesus said, I have given you keys of the kingdom of heaven. So it's important for us to understand what these keys are. I remember one time we're talking about prayer. We're talking about all these things in, in the church or in the school. Pastor Paul Chase said, as believers, we have, there are certain things we have power to prevent. To prevent, to stop in its tracks. Just like Jesus, when they were in the midst of the storm... And the, 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 the disciples were freaking out. And what happens when we're freaking out? Sometimes we even get to a point where we're blaming God. Where we're telling God, don't you care? I don't know if you've ever gotten to, to fi find yourself praying, Lord, don't you care? Honestly, right? When we're panicking, when we don't know what to do. Lord, ano ba nangyayari? Wala ka bang pakialam? Natutulog ka ba? Are you asleep? Jesus got up. And stop the storm right there. The Bible says there was a great storm, windstorm. And then when God spoke His peace, there was a great calm. So, um, and, and the Bible says, as He is, so are we in this world. So, so you have, in truth, the truth is, you are the Son of God. Right? Anybody believe you're a Son of God? There you go. In fact, just step out in boldness. You have a capacity to stop certain things. That, and, and if we do that as a body of Christ, even more strong, the, the two can put a thousand to flight, ten can put, uh, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. Our, 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 our abilities are uh, uh, expo exp they exponentially grow when we come together. In fact, when we would hear news about earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars or whatever, we will speak peace. You know, peace. Because I remember when I was a young Christian, um, have this from well, you know, friend, older brother in Christ, and uh, he's doing well in the world, and he just bought a new unit, uh, condo unit. And those during those times, you know, when you have a condo, you're like, wow, mayaman ka, you're doing well and whatever. And uh, there was an earthquake. He was on a high building. And it was moving, everything. Was Have you ever been in an earthquake and you're on top of a building? It, 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 it's like it feels worse when you're on top. And everything was uh, shaking. And this is what he said, Lord, wagmuna, Not yet, Lord. And, we're, we're, and that can happen because, you know, but we're being trained to say, you know what? In first, in, instead of panicking first, just speak. You have, you have words to declare. You have words to speak so you can prevent. In fact, what do we see as a pattern in Scripture? There are times in Scripture where, where God prevents certain things from happening. Like, for example, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And what, what happened there? Did, did the lion enjoy their meal? Absolutely not. Because they were shut. God prevented the lions from devouring Daniel. In fact, not, you know, we can go to his friends. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, their Gentile names, the names that were given to them by the Babylonian king. And right there, they were thrown into the fire. Did the fire consume them? No. It was prevented from consuming them. Jehoshaphat and the people of Israel, they were surrounded by their enemies. They had no other chance of surviving except the Lord. Uh, the Lord prevents this people from killing each and every one of them. They were given instruction, okay? The next day, just show up, get ready for battle, put the praise and worship team right in front, and as you're, as you're going to battle, just begin to praise God. Focus on one thing, that His mercy endures 
forever. That's exactly what they did. And when they found, and when they were doing that, and they got to the place, they found out that the Lord already took care of the battle. Again and again, we see this pattern that God preventing the preventing something from, from preventing catastrophe, preventing defeat. But it's also something that we need to uh, we need to tell you that not only that God can come into the scene and stop something horrific from happening, but we see in the scripture God using righteous men and women to be the very conduit that God will use to prevent something from happening. In the Old Testament, God would use righteous men and women. Now, I know in the, in the, compared to the Old Testament, the New Testament is better, right? Anybody believe that? Who among you are New Testament believers? Now, anybody here, you consider yourself righteous before God? Because God says so, right? So if you're righteous, do you know that God now can use you to prevent something from some, happening from somebody? We see this. We see this when, when David comes into the scene. The Israelites were about to be defeated. One huge guy right there. Right? Threatening everybody else. Nobody wants to fight, including the king. But God used David to fight Goliath. In fact, we have this guy, he's, well, he was a reluctant news giver, good news giver. His name is Jonah. God told him to go to Nineveh, but he didn't go to Nineveh. He went to another place and somehow by use of uh, um, uh, unconventional means of travel, a huge fish, he ended up being in Nineveh, Nineveh instead. And he was able to deliver his message. So God used him to prevent disaster happening in Nineveh. Again and again, you have Samson, you have Gideon, you have all these people, righteous men and women in the Old Testament being used. How much more now in the New? Do you believe that if God is for you, like the Bible says, if God is for you, who can be against you? Right? Greater is he who is, with, who is in you than he who is in the world. Like that line, you know, God, it, actually, I would, normally I would wear a different necklace, you know, and the necklace I have would be our family's name and whatnot. But today, I just, just, I wanted to wear something different. So I didn't even look at it. I just put it on. Later on, I think when Pastor Mitch was preaching, I looked at it, and it says there, which is interesting, it says there, well, and if God is for you, and then I flip on the other side, then who can, be, who can ever stop you? That's very interesting. It's very apt for the message. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? Now, I don't know if you guys are interested in basketball or if you play, if you watch the news. We're in the midst of uh, the finals. Anybody watch? In the NBA, right? Now, <clears throat> I don't know which team you're, you're rooting for. Either the team, somebody's bold to say, either the team that has, uh, you know, really good players or a team that has a really good player. That's according to the guy who was rooting for that person a while ago. But let's just say that they combine forces, okay, and... and Let's say play against our, the best of the best of our PBA, right? Whose team would you like to be part of? Just curious. You're, since you're thinking about it, carry on thinking and maybe late, later on you can let me know who will win <laughs> between the NBA and the PBA. Right? There was a time uh, when I was younger, I would do like stuff that I don't do now, praise the Lord. Now, I remember doing a movie before. <clears throat> um, don't ask what movie, okay? We buried it in shame. No, just kidding. <clears throat> <clears throat> but we were playing against, they, they hired, so, you know, we were supposed to be high school students playing with other high school students, but they're grown men. Like, they hired uh, the Hinebra team during that time. And, uh, you know, 
they're Filipinos, but they're still much bigger than us, right? And uh, we were defeating them because, of, of course, it's a movie, right? We had magic shoes, whatever it was. It was some magic, whatever. And then the director said, okay, now, just we want to we wanna, we wanna shoot a sequence where you're actually playing a game. So the, the Hinebra team actually played their, the, the way they play in PBA. And let me tell you, I couldn't even get, one guy just guarded me like this. I couldn't even move. I said, this is a wall. I can't get through. He, his arm is not even moving. Am I, am I kicking him? Walang foul. Hindi uso yung foul. Nothing was happening. This is strong. And, and I wouldn't dream of tr trying to fight against them. But if you put me in a team where, you know, they're NBA greats, I think I have a chance of winning. I think I don't even have to play. I don't, they don't even have to give me the ball. I don't care. Go ahead. I can be the referee. I don't care. Because I'm confident of who I'm with. But guess what? The Bible says, if God is for you, who can be against you? He is able to defeat anyone. He can not only prevent, but one thing is he's, he's also going to use the righteous to bring salvation to many. Here's the thing. Genesis chapter, I believe, 18. Genesis 18. The Lord visits Abram. And the Lord says, you know, I, I, you know I'm going to tell Abram what I'm, what I'm about, about to do. Um, I heard news, he said, he was telling now Abraham, I heard news about Sodom and Gomorrah. That it's a really corrupted place. I'm going to go there and check it, if, check it out if it's, really, if it's really true. And then Abraham tells the Lord, wait, are you going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? What, what, if, what if there's 50 people that are righteous? And God said, well, if there are 50 people, for the sake of the righteous, I will not destroy it. Abraham said, well, that's good, that's good. But what about if, there, what about if it's only 45? Are you still going to destroy it for, for 45 righteous? And God said, well, okay, if there are 45 people there that are righteous, well, I will not destroy it. And then it went on and on. Abraham said, what about 40? God said, okay, 40. And then Abraham said, what about 30? God said, okay, 30. I will not destroy it for 30. What about 20? It goes down all the way to 10. In other words, God was allowing Abraham to intercede. Somebody say intercede. Because as long as the righteous are present, God will not do anything in that area because for the sake of the righteous, you are in your place, you were born for such a time as this for a reason. We are here to intercede, to prevent certain things, but also at the same time, God is able to preserve you despite certain things happening. I'm sure it's not just me, it's not, it's not just few people here in front of whatever. Maybe all of us have gone through certain situations in our lives that we did not like. It was hurtful, we went through pain. We went through some doubts. We went through some disappointments and maybe even a bit of depression. Anybody can relate to that? Yes. Now, we're not trying to compare with somebody that, oh, what I went through is much heavier, much more pain. No, we're not trying to do that. As far as you're concerned, it costs you pain. But guess what? You're still here. You're still, you know, whatever it was, it's in the past. You're, you, God was able to preserve you through it you have overcome and i declare that you will continue to overcome because god is able to protect you you know one time remember paul of course when we talk about somebody going through lots of pains and suffering we can go to jesus christ but let's go to paul you know uh paul the apostle who at once uh one time was against the church persecuting the church then suddenly he meets the lord the one true god he gives his life and now god is using him mightily going from place to place teaching different people gentiles jews believers non-believers and god was using him mightily even today his works were reading and all of that but he went through some really tough times 
Now, who can, you, who, who can attest here that you have been through some really tough times in your life? Right? Now, let's just read. I just, I'm just going to read with you, read to you some of the things that Paul went through and see maybe you can match what happened to him. And you can say, well, yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel like we've, we've been through the same thing. Let's read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 to 29. This is Paul. He said three times, go to verse 24 first. He said, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Lashes, just for those of you who are not aware, lashes is when they whip you. 39 times. It's 40 minus 1. And he received that five different times. Don't think about the lashes that you have in your eyes. This is not the lashes that you buy in Watson's. And somebody would go, what would you do with 39 lashes? Nakakita pa ba siya nun? Baka he's a ballet dancer. That's not the lashes that he was talking about. And then, so five times he was whipped. 39 times. And three times he, I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I've faced dangers from rivers and robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, on the seas. I've faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty. I've often gone without food. Can anybody relate now? Parang wala? Okay. Because he's going through some really difficult times. And later on, he's saying, not even that, he said, all, and, and, and my deepest concern is for all the churches. He's going through all of that and he's thinking about the people that he's ministering to. I don't want to die yet because I still have to reach that person. I still have to minister to Paul. I still need to train Titus. He's concerned. I got to live because somebody needs to learn about Jesus Christ. This is his concern. And that's why he goes before the Lord in, in chapter 12. He goes before the Lord and, and, and says to him, and the Bible says, he complained three times. Let's read that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. It says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times. Would you plead with the Lord as well? Lord, lagi akong binubugbog. Wag naman, Lord. Right? Would you, would you also ask? I think it's just right to ask, right, Lord? Can, can this be taken away from me? Can this be journey? Can this journey just be a nice journey without drowning? Right? Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Who among you have pleaded with the Lord before? And the Lord said, and He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Don't you, do you ever feel nice when God says you, It's okay. My strength is already with you. Talaga Lord, I don't feel it. Right? But we need to understand when he says this, because it sounds nice, my grace is sufficient. And it sounds weak because my grace is sufficient. But sufficient there, of course we know grace. Grace is a word, you know, uh, it's unmerited favor. In fact, the Bible says he surrounds the righteous in Psalm 5. Can you go there? Psalm 5 verse 12. He will surround the righteous. Anybody righteous? Okay, I'm just asking so that maybe you've forgotten since the last time I asked. <laughs> um, he surrounds, it says here, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Wow, that's a good promise. He will bless the righteous. And with favor, you will surround him as a... So this favor, this grace also acts as a protection. This is what he's saying. My grace, my favor shield is more than enough. To not merely prevent things, but also to preserve you through the things you're, you're going through. That's why I say you will overcome. Having done all, you will stand. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand on the other, but you will remain. And when he says, my grace is sufficient, the word sufficient there, it is, it's uh, unwavering strength. That's what it means. 
It's strength that will not waver. It will remain true. It will remain steady. And the, it means sufficient. It's like a barrier that will, will, will be lifted up to stop things from harming you. This is what it means. God will preserve you by His grace. But it's very important for us to realize that it's not just lazily lazily depending on God's protection. But there is a preparation in our hearts. That's why we read, this time we read Psalm 91. There's a reason for that. I'm sure the next few weeks we will dissect this psalm. But it's it's important for us to prepare our hearts. The Bible says the preparation of the heart belongs to man. But the answer of the tongue belongs to God. That it is important. Like for example, you know, preparation time is very important. Like for example, you're building a house. You don't just decide, let's build a house today. No, no, there's a preparation. There's a counting of the cost. Even scripture says in Psalm uh, 6, verse 6 to 8, Look at the ant, you sluggard, or you lazy bone. Look at the ant. Watch them. Observe them. They make preparations. How long you watch that movie, A Bug's Life? Right? They were preparing, you know, they were, they were collecting food, not for that they could eat that day. It's for summer. It's for, uh, sorry, it's for uh, winter season or, or seasons that there's no food. They're, prep, they're preparing. So even for us, by the way, um, there was a season where, you know, you'd hear in the news, beware of the big earthquake or whatever. How long you've heard that? And then suddenly, you'll have all these things that, okay, in, in order, you need to be prepared for whatever, right? Even, even in this building, being part of, the, of Market Market, there will be the staff will go through training. Year after, even if you've heard it before, they will train you again just so you're aware that you are prepared for whatever eventuality. So it's good to be prepared. A being prepared is wisdom being applied practically. Wisdom being applied, the practical application of the wisdom and instruction of the Lord. In fact, uh, Joseph, the dreamer. Remember our, 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 for this season, it's a, a Joseph project. What was the project of Joseph? Joseph, there was, a, there was a dream that he interpreted that there will be seven years of famine and seven years of plenty first. And so, Joseph made preparations. So that at the time of famine, it didn't even touch them. Noah made preparations. He was building the ark so that at the time of storm and flooding, they were preserved. It's a good thing for us to be able to prepare as well. Turn to somebody and say, get ready. Turn to another person and say, better be prepared. And one of the ways that Jesus prepared his disciples. Jesus was about to go to the cross. He was not going to stay long with the disciples. But he wanted his disciples to be ready for what's about to happen. And what did Jesus say? John chapter 16 verse 33 in the Amplified. This is what Jesus said. I have told you these things so that in me, somebody say in Jesus, in me you have perfect peace and confidence. And then he goes, right after he said, in me, you'll have this. But in the world, listen, in the world, anybody in the world right now? Well, some of you are in dream world, that's for sure. But you're still in the world, okay? In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. I'm just curious, has anybody experienced any of those? Yes. Maybe some of you can say, I've experienced all at once. (laughs) But be of good cheer. What? Even in, during, during those times? Yes, be of good cheer. Why? Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, not shaken. For I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, He has overcome the world. And since He has overcome, you overcome. And it says there, I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So here's what I want to do. I want to declare Psalm 91 over all of you. And here's my assignment. 
go over that scripture again and declare it over yourself, over your family through, throughout the week, maybe. Maybe after, after the week, after the next month, you can continue to declare this. This is, this is your protection. And don't read it like you're reading it like a religious thing. No, read it from your heart. It's not, these are not magic words. These are not spells. These are, you know, more, this is a promise from the Lord. But don't just focus on the promise. Go directly to the person who made the promise. In fact, I'll show you this one verse and then I'll pray this over you. Go to the last line. Uh, Psalm 91 verse 16. When I, when I tell you about going to the person directly, what, will the, what does the scripture say? This is Psalm 91 verse 16, the last line. You will be satisfied with a full life. Now go to the New King James, please. New King James. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you and show him my salvation. With long life. Anybody interested with long life? Not just long life, but long and satisfying life. That's a good one. And show him my salvation. That's the last line. And show him my salvation. It's interesting. But you know what's more interesting? Because the word salvation in the Hebrew is the word Yeshua. Yeshua is where you get the name Jesus. That's very interesting. I don't think anything here is accidental. You want protection? You want a long and satisfying life? You need to see Him. Jesus. Can you close your eyes and bow your heads for a little bit? For those of you here, you know, you're hearing this, you know, you want protection. Because people can get insurance, can get all these things, can have all the material security that they think they need. But true protection only comes from Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know what circumstance brought you here in this church at this time, and we're talking about these things. But I believe the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart. And maybe for some of you, you've delayed long enough. But God has been persistent. Because God wants, God wants you. So if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, this is, not some fa- this is not about this church. It's not about religion. It's about your relationship with God. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, let it be today. Because we're talking about protection more than just your life here on earth, but eternally. And your protection begin, begins with the person of Jesus Christ. And also, if you have somehow given your life before, but some of your decisions or some of, somehow life took you a different path and you found yourself messing up and all of that, and uh, you know you've missed it, but you want to go back, guess what? The Lord is waiting. He's not going to cast you out. God's hand is not too short. He has brought you here just for today so you can rededicate your life to Jesus. So two things. If you've never given your life to the Lord or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, let it be today. I'm going to count to three. When you hear me say three and this is you, just simply lift your hands up in the air so that I can see it. Don't think about the person beside you or in front of you. This is between you and the Lord. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Go ahead and lift your hands. If there, is there anybody? There you go. Lift your hand. Don't, don't hesitate. Just lift it up. There you go. If you're lifting your hand, go ahead. See some people lifting up their hands. There you go. All right. You know who you are. All right. If you lifted your hands, just keep them lifted up. I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. Are you ready? I'm going to ask everyone around you to pray along with you. Say this with me. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. For your goodness. For your goodness. You are Father. You are Father. My provider. My provider. My protector. My protector. I believe that you sent your son. I believe that you sent your son. To die for me on the cross. To die for me on the cross. Shed his blood. Shed his blood. And with it. He washed away every sin in my life. He washed away every sin in my life. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. And I receive this new life today. And I receive this new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
If that is you, we want to give you a gift after the service. So don't go away without you receiving that gift. This is just us appreciating what you have done. And it, take, it took courage to do that. So we want to give you a gift today. Amen? Hallelujah. Can you all stand up? Let me read this to all of you. Hallelujah. And lift your hands and receive this declaration. Psalm 91. I'm reading in the Passion Translation. Verse 1. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me. And my great confidence, He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. And He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under His covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Nor don't fear a thing, whether by night or by day. Demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God's Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends His angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you, you life the fort, have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you. For you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.